This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي I um, felt very passionate about this cause and I um, I wanted to support this cause because this is a very personal cause for me and I'll explain why. I deal with women from all over the world. I have uh, women that I speak to in person when I visit and I have women who contact me uh, every single day, countless messages of women who are not in good situations, women who need help, women who are in abusive homes, abusive relationships. And the thing that hurts me, the thing that breaks my heart every time I read one of these messages is when I feel like I, I'm not in that place to be able to reach out and save that woman. I can, I can give her words of encouragement, I can give her advice, but sometimes it actually is heartbreaking when I don't know, well, well, what facility is there for this woman who's contacting me and telling me that her husband is abusing her or that her husband is beating her or that they're not safe or her children are not safe. And so that's why I personally feel very, very uh, passionate about Nissa Homes and these types of projects, which create a safe haven for these women. And, 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 an option for them because too many women feel like they're stuck. Too many women feel like there is no way out for them. If I were to go and I were to look at the the most common reason why women stay in bad situations, one of the most common reasons that women stay in bad situations is they don't see an alternative. They don't, they don't see a way out. They don't, they don't know that there is another option for them and that they deserve better. And so I personally will support this um, with uh, you know, my time and with my money, inshallah. And I ask you to please do the same. I ask you to support an effort that is there to support our sisters and they are our sisters and just as as brother muhammad had mentioned that this is something that can happen to anyone that it could be a relative it could be a friend it could be your sister in islam and it is there are many many women who are suffering and they don't have these uh facilities they don't have these resources in their community. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we need more of these. I, I heard a lot of cities mention uh, they were all seem to be in Canada. Um, so yeah, we need more. We need more here uh, in the United States. We need more all over the world because I can tell you from, the, from somewhat of a forefront that this is a very, very prevalent, unfortunately, and a very serious issue. And it's something that is happening in our community. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of resilience. Uh, I want to talk about resilience uh, from a spiritual perspective and from a perspective of finding inspiration in the people who came before us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us stories in the Quran. And anytime our creator tells a story, he's not entertaining us. He's not giving us a cool bedtime story, but he's actually giving us a timeless lesson. And so there are countless stories in the Quran of this exact thing, resilience. When we look at the stories of the prophets, peace be upon them all, we find that there's an underlying 
commonality between all of their stories. Number one, all of them were tested. All of them went, to, went through difficult times. All of them went through tribulation. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Baqarah, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَزُلْزِلُوا حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهِ Allah says, do you think that you will be left? أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ Do you think that you will enter paradise without going through the trials of those who came before you. They, they, they went through, they, they went through difficulty and so they went through adversity and difficulty and trials. Now this word here, it means that they were shaken. And the word is the same root that that is um, for the word in Arabic that means earthquake, which is zilzal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that these people went through a sort of earthquake. They were shaken, right? Wazulzilu, that they went through times of severe trial. And I know there are a lot of women who may be listening or may know of other women or may not be listening and may not even know that there are resources out there who are being shaken right now. And they are being shaken within the very, the very place and from the very place that was supposed to be a, a, a place of sanctuary and that's from their own home. Can you imagine that the place that was supposed to be the, 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 that, that shelter that you go to for security and for, for sakina, for tranquility, that it actually becomes the source of your trial, the source of your affliction, and the source of your pain. I mean, that is a next, that's, it's, a, it's a different level of trial because it isn't just the pain, but it's also the betrayal that this was a person who, who, who you married and who you trusted. This is your home. Your home is supposed to be a place of peace. It's supposed to be a place of, of, of safety. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this when he talks about the, the couples, when he talks about spouses in the Quran, he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created spouses so that you can find tranquility with them. And is not just tranquility, but it's like to settle. You know, you're just settled internally and externally. And that's what your spouse is supposed to be for you. Your home is supposed to be a place of sakina, a place of being settled and at peace and, and tranquil. Now imagine when that very place turns against you and it becomes the source of your greatest trial and your greatest stress. And there are countless women right now. I mean, this statistic, one in three women are, 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 have, have been through abuse. That's that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. And, and there's something we have to do about that. You know, at, at different levels, we have to empower women and we have to create resources. And so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that, that, that they're, the people who came before us, they were shaken, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is acknowledging that this is a trial that we go through and those who came before us also went through. So, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ 
the other thing I want to point out here in this ayah is that Allah is linking this to Jannah. And I'll explain what I mean by that. And boy, do I need to talk about that. Um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that trials are part of the path of this life, right? And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this life is full of tests and trials. And when Allah says that the end, when Allah says, do you think that you will enter paradise? So what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying? He's saying that these people that he's describing in this ayah, their end is paradise, inshallah. But, but that dunya itself is full of trials. Now, the reason why I want to clarify this is I never want anyone to think that it is righteousness to keep on suffering. I don't ever want anyone to think that it is sabr to be passive, that it is sabr to allow yourself to be a victim, to allow yourself to be abused. Because this is one of the things that, that, that I believe is one of the, it's one of the biggest crimes that we are seeing right now within the religious community. And that is people abusing the deen and abusing the concept, the beautiful concept of sabr in order to keep people oppressed, in order to keep specifically women oppressed, telling women that if they're being abused by their husbands, that they should have sabr and they should remain in their place. That is criminal and it goes against what Allah and his messenger have taught us in our deen because the prophet said that if you see something wrong you should try to change it he did not teach us to be passive he did not tell us that a believer is weak in fact in the quran it says that the strong believer is better than the weak one Allah does not want us to be weak. Allah wants us to take action. Allah wants us to be proactive. He does not want us to be passive. Islam is not a passive religion that tells us, if you hit me on this cheek, I'm going to turn so that you can more easily hit me on this cheek. That is not our deen. Our deen is a deen of action. And so if you see something wrong, the Prophet said, try to change it with your hand. Okay, taking action. This is exactly what we're doing today by supporting Nisa Homes, is that we're trying to change this thing that we've, we, you know what, we have all heard the statistic, and I will repeat it again, one in three women are, have, have undergone this abuse. So we've heard it. We now know that this is happening. So what are we going to do about it? The Prophet ﷺ said, try to change it. He said, take action and try to change it. You don't just sit there. If it's happening to you, if it's happening to your children, if it's happening to a relative, or if it's happening to someone you don't know, you still have to take some action. This is part of our deen. And then the Prophet ﷺ said that if he cannot change it with his hand, then change it with, it, with your tongue, speaking out against it, doing something about it. And then he said that if you cannot, so you cannot change it by your hand or by your tongue, then at least hate it in your heart and watch this. He said, this is the weakest of Iman. So the Prophet ﷺ has linked Iman with taking action against oppression. Our deen is a deen that does not tolerate oppression. I repeat, we need to stop this abuse of our deen, telling women that it's more righteous to just do nothing. It's more righteous to swallow the, the poison and just stay quiet. That is not Islam. I will tell you right now, that is backwards culture. Backwards. And I repeat, backwards culture. That is not Islam. Islam tells us to take action against oppression. Islam tells us help your brother. The Prophet ﷺ said, help your brother. If he is an oppressor or he's oppressed. 
And so the companion said, we know how to help him if he's oppressed, but how do we help him when he is the oppressor? And the Prophet said, by stopping him from oppressing, by stopping him from oppressing. I repeat, I repeat, we, we have to stop this, this narrative that Islam came to make us weak, that Islam came to make us passive, that Islam came to make us victims. And then we tell them, have sabr, sister, have sabr and be a victim, have sabr and take the abuse. And then for you is Jannah. No, no, you take action because that's part of your Iman. And then for you is Jannah, right? And so the Prophet ﷺ, listen, he linked taking action against oppression, stopping oppression as being part linked with Iman because he said that is the weak that's the weakest of Iman if you can't do anything and at least hating it so what does that tell us it tells us we have to be a people of action and we cannot allow ourselves to be abused and not and don't allow anyone to tell you that that is righteousness or that is Islam because Islam came to liberate us and empower us. Islam did not come to, to oppress us or suppress us. Allah and his messenger came to make us free. And, the, and, and this is part of our freedom, is that we do not allow the amana of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your body is an amana. Your body is an amana. Your heart is an amana, meaning it is a trust given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to take care of it. This is, imagine if I allow you to borrow my car, right? And I've given that to you as a trust. I said, take care of it, right? Take care of it. I'm coming back to get it later on, right? Now imagine while it's in your care, you allow your husband or anyone else to come and beat it with a, with a bat and, 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 and put dents in it and then take some keys and then scratch it up. Is that taking care of my amena? When I come back to get that, have you taken care of, of, of the amana that I gave you? The answer is no, you haven't, right? Our body is an amana from God, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't own our body, right? We don't own our body. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala owns everything that we have, including our body. And it is a trust. It is under your care. And if you're allowing someone to abuse that amana, then, then that is an injustice. And so we have to realize that our bodies are in amana, our hearts are in amana, our mind. We cannot also allow someone to abuse our minds or abuse our hearts. Emotional and verbal abuse is, is, is a real thing and it causes lasting damage. So whether that is physical, sexual, emotional, um, mental, any kind of abuse, realize that that is an abuse of an amana of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has given us rather. And Allah will ask us, and 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 first and, and and especially our children our children are an amana and i want to take time really to emphasize this point our children are an amana what does that mean they are a trust given to us by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is our responsibility to protect them many women i've heard this countless times one of the reasons that they stay in abusive homes, uh, abusive relationships, toxic environments is for the sake of the children. Now I wanna speak on that. Research shows that those children who stay in toxic, abusive homes undergo more damage, much more damage than the children 
from a divorced home or a divorced situation where the woman has left the abusive home. Those children, they end up better off than the ones who stay in a home where there is abuse. Because what happens to those children, many of them grow up Number one, to have many mental health issues, including depression, anxiety, and, and, and a high level of suicidality. And then lastly, many of them grow up to either emulate, repeat, continue the abuse with their own families, or they end up being attracted to people who will continue to abuse them as they were abused by their parents or as they saw their parents abuse one another. This is extremely important because we think that we're protecting our children, but we are actually allowing our children to grow up in a poisonous, toxic home, and that's not protecting them. So we have to be a people of action. And as a community, we need to support these women. That's why I am passionate about this cause, because this is how we, you and I, are trying to change it with our hand, by putting our hand out and, and giving money for this type of cause. And we're trying to change it with our tongue by speaking out against it and supporting this cause. In this ayah that I mentioned, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do you think that you will enter paradise without going through that which those who came before you went through? They went through adversity and trial and tribulation. And they were shaken. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this ayah is I don't want these women ever to feel that they're alone. I don't want these women to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't know what they're going through, that they're alone, that they're, you know, because it's very easy to become isolated, especially when that's the number one tactic of an abuser, by the way. Number one tactic of an abuser is to isolate the victim. So he will try to um, keep that person, keep that woman from her family, from her friends, from having connections with others. So the first tactic is to isolate her so that he can now dominate and abuse her more easily. And, and so, so it very, becomes very easy to feel isolated, to feel that you're alone, to feel that nobody else is going through what you're going through, or to feel like no one else maybe understands. But I want to reassure you that you're not alone that there are others who are going through what you went through. And there are those who came before us who were shaken. And Allah mentions them in the Quran, They were so shaken until even the messengers, listen to this, even the messengers and those with the messengers calling out saying, When will the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala come? Think about that. Do we get to points where we feel that way? This is, this is a comfort and a reassurance that we're not alone. Even messengers felt this way. They, they, they were so shaken that even they called out and asked, when will the help of Allah come? But look at the comfort and help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already has come. Indeed, the help of Allah the victory of Allah is near. And I need every single woman to internalize that. I need every single person who is struggling to internalize that. Because we often believe when we're going through a hard time, it'll never end. That's one of the biggest 
the myths. That's one of the biggest distortions of reality that happens when we go through trial, is that, is that illusion that it will never end. That, that illusion that, that this, this state will be perpetual, that I will be in this state forever, that things will never get better, that this can never change, and there is no way out. I'm telling you right now, if I know you're thinking that, and it's wrong. There is a way out. And bad situations do change. And the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is near. And so I want people to have hope and I want people to take action, to support this and also to take action to, 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 to help themselves and to help their children. Because if you take action and put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah promises something. Allah says, then Whoever puts their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will take care of them and Allah will be enough for them. Allah will suffice them. And so we see here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this promise that if we put our trust in him, he will take care of us. And he says, So first, the first ayah I mentioned, Whoever puts your, their trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will suffice them. And then in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Talaq, these are, these are parts of verse 2 and 3. Whoever has taqwa of Allah. Now taqwa is to put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as, as is to be conscious of Allah and essentially always having that healthy consciousness and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, lest we, we disobey Allah, that we, we displease Allah, that we become distanced from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taqwa literally means to cover oneself. And so you are, you are, you are sh or to shield, to shield oneself. And so we are shielding ourselves through taqwa from displeasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says that whoever has taqwa, Allah will make a way out for them. We have to have hope and trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because these are his promises. These are not my words. Like I can say something and yeah, maybe I, I break, break my word. I, I hope that I wouldn't do that, but I'm a human being, right? You can say something, you might not do it, but Allah says something, he does it. Allah's promise is true. And Allah says that if you have taqwa, then Allah will make a way out for you. And then he says, And he will provide for that person from places they never imagined. These are two of the blocks, two of the obstacles that many women find that keep them from getting out of these abusive uh, homes and these abusive relationships. One is they don't see a way out. And two, they fear for their risk. They fear for their provision. How am I going to support myself? How am I going to support my children? Look at these are the two promises Allah makes. Allah says that if you make him the, the focal point in your heart, the focal point in your, in your healthy fear and God consciousness, then Allah will, number one, he'll make a way out for you. And number two, he will provide for you from places you never imagined. أَقُونِ قَوْنِ هَذَا وَاسْتَغْفَرَ اللَّهِ لِي وَلَكُمْ إِنَّهُ غَفُرٌ رَحِيمٌ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُ بِحَمْدَكَ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ أَسْتَغْفِرَكُ وَأَتُوبُ لَيْكَ I just want to um, add one thing, inshallah, if, 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 if you will allow me. Um, and that is just briefly, I want to share with you the dua, some duas.
from the prophets, peace be upon them. Because this is where we learn resilience, from the examples of the, the best among us. And one of the du'as I want to I wanna mention today and reflect on, and I ask you to, to memorize these du'as if you can and repeat them. One of them is the du'a of Ayyub alayhi salam. Ayyub alayhi salam, as we know, he was tested for year upon year upon year. He lost, he, he lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost family members. And this was what it, it was. It was going on for years. It wasn't just like a short test. And when he called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says this, This is the reason I want to mention this, this dua is it gives us a, a beautiful outlook into where a believer should be during hardship. Look at what he's saying. He says, indeed, difficulty has befallen me. He first begins by acknowledging his difficulty and acknowledging his test. But in the same breath, he says, And you are the most merciful of the merciful. He doesn't lose hope. He doesn't lose hope. And he's lost about everything at this point. And his wife was about to head out. And that's when he called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She stood by him the entire time. And that's when he hit that point where he called out to Allah. But even in his most difficult time, even in his lowest, most, most trying time, when he's being so shaken, he still has hope. And that's the lesson that I want us to take back with us, not to lose hope, whether we ourselves are in that trial or we're seeing other people and we, and we feel like there's nothing we can do, there is. And, and, and when you, when you, right? When you take action to, to, to help the cause of Allah, to give victory to the cause of Allah, Allah helps us, Allah helps you and gives you victory. So don't lose hope and take action. And finally, the dua of Yunus alayhi salam. This is a dua that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu advised anyone who was going through difficulty to repeat. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. There is no ilah but you. There is nothing worthy of worship but you. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen. There is nothing worthy of worship but you. You are high above any partner. Subhanak. Inni kuntum Indeed, I was among the wrongdoers. This is a dua that the Prophet advises us to say if we are going through difficulty and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a way out for us. Aquli khawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum. Inna ghafurun rahim. Subhanakallahu bihamdak. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruk wa atubu alayk. Jazakumullah khayran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.